0: One of the hardest things to do when you start a business is to find clients. To find clients that are A, willing to pay, B, excited to work with you, and C, you want to do the work they need. So today is part of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, and let's get straight into this. The extraordinary belongs to those that created rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So this is the brand new Rebel Entrepreneur coaching series. And one of the things from the feedback from season one is you wanted to go along on a business journey with more real entrepreneurs who are out there doing it just as you're doing right now and you wanted to know what happens to them. So what I took from that is I should create a series of episodes where you get to experience the journey an entrepreneur goes through from finding customers, marketing, sales and all of the ups and downs that come from that. Now, last season, I sent out an email to the mailing list, which you're welcome to join if you'd like to, saying, I'm going to hold a Zoom night, come along, join me and chat to me, and about 15, 20 people showed up. We had an incredible chat. One of the entrepreneurs that came along was Christina from LA, and we made friends, and I asked her if she'd like to do the coaching series with me, and we did one episode to start with which turned into two and three and four. And actually we started recording in July 2020. So sort of quite early on in the pandemic and in lockdown, and we've continued to record. Uh, We're up to about episode 12 at the moment, and it's now January 2021. And the idea is you can grow your business alongside Christina's. Business is a journey. It's not a one and done thing. You don't speak to me, do one thing, and then your business is tick. This is something you're going to build and grow over the years. And the idea is you can listen along to Christina, hear the questions I ask her, hear what we're talking about with marketing, sales, growing your business, and all that stuff, and then take those questions and ideas and apply it to your business and grow with us. And that's what I want to do with the coaching series. So please meet Christina. So welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. And today I've got with me, Christina. Hello, Christina.
1: Hi, Alan. Thank you for coming on the show. (laughs) I'm excited you're here too. Yeah. Looking forward to solving my problems.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't promise to solve all of them, but we're going to give it our best go today. Christina, We actually ran a Zoom call for listeners of the show together and you turned up the other day and you had something specific that you wanted to work on. And I thought this would be a great idea because it's a problem a lot of entrepreneurs face. But before we get into that, what is it that you do, Christina? What's your business?
1: So I am a photographer and I started out kind of just photographing people in general, you know, fashion, lifestyle, portraits. And it's really grown into a lot more of content creation for businesses, for brands. I do a lot of product and cocktail food photography specifically, especially during the start of COVID. I'm not shooting people and I can shoot in my home studio and people can send me things or send me a recipe. I can recreate it and get that out in a timely manner. So Uh, My dream kind of where I want to go eventually, and I already have some people I work with as far as WordPress development and social media support, is to build a full agency that's able to kind of handle that full online content creation and online support scope and pay creatives working for me. Like, you know, just, just pay creative people accordingly to their worth, which I think doesn't happen a lot. But right now it's just me doing content creation and then I have people I refer for the other stuff.
0: So how long have you been doing this?
1: I started taking photos on a DSLR maybe about five years ago. I'd done film photography in the past, but I started taking photos about five years ago and then the content for brands and companies really started getting going maybe a year or two ago. I started taking food photography because I was writing for a a food blog and I did my own photos and then you just kind of, you know, keep doing it it. kind
0: of grows and you just keep doing it.
1: Yeah. And I have a background in, in bartending and bar managing. So I know a lot of people in the liquor world. And so, you know, you'd post a couple good cocktail photos and then someone asks you to take some more. And first it's just like, Oh, we'll send you a free bottle of whiskey, which sometimes in (laughs) life is all you need. Right. And then it turns into, well, we'll send you a bottle of some money and you're like even better. And now bars closed or mostly closed. Alcohol is still selling. So those companies still have budgets, but they don't have any events and they don't have anywhere to go take content photos. So that's been my main avenue right now.
0: Interesting. So the main thing at the moment is the alcohol manufacturers or distributors who are looking to promote their services online, because when we're recording, this it's actually in July. So COVID is still a thing. Lockdown is kind of a thing. Depends where you are and how seriously you're taking it. But let's not discuss that. So your main thing is you're producing that content for those businesses. Yes. Cool, so what's the biggest challenge you've got at the moment with your business because you it sounds like you started it in your spare time, you've been going a year or so, and now it's become more of a full time thing What's the biggest challenge that's facing you?
1: It's overall finding clients that are outside of the people I already know, and that is like where do you look for them? who do you reach out to because you look them up online and there's a general info email like you know, do I write to that? Or do I try to find their PR company? Or am I on LinkedIn? Or am I reading all these articles that tell me about Facebook advertising? And that sounds scary and expensive, you know, so I think it's the where and then I I personally get overwhelmed with all the all of that. And then I don't do anything. And then I tell myself, Oh, well, I'll find five people or five companies a day to reach out to. And then I don't do that. And then I just spiral uh, <laughs> or you know you do you do kind of get on a schedule and you reach out to some people and after a few days you haven't heard anything from anyone and then you're just like well no one wants me and so you stop again so oh, <laughs> i think <laughs> i know, it's so sad right <laughs> no
0: it's true i've been through it that's why i'm going oh it's because it's like i've been through this yeah. i know exactly yeah. what you're going through i remember in the early days of pop-up having to make the calls from home to reach the clients. And I'd send a bunch of emails and then I'd make a few calls. No one would reply. I'd get a bit depressed. I'd sit on the couch and probably watch four or five movies to try and get over it. And then it took me a while to muster up the energy to have another go. And it it can be painful.
1: Yeah. It really can. And then you're like, well, I can do all these things. I have I have a portfolio, but then it's like, well, what's, you know, no one's paying me. I'm just sitting here. So
0: We need someone to pay. We need to get some cash. Yeah. We definitely need to get some paying clients. So let's think about this. At the moment, you're doing some work in food and beverage, mainly in beverage, correct? Or Yeah. Yeah. And what's the main thing? Who's your favorite client currently? Who pays you and you love working with and they love you?
1: Right now, probably um, a liquor company based out of Italy, actually. But I'm connected with one of their uh, national ambassadors here in the US. Cool.
0: So they love your work. You're producing work for them. It's going out on their social media channels and it's producing the results they want and giving the look they want.
1: Yes. Awesome. And I did a project for them earlier in the summer. And then they came back and said, Oh, we have this new release of this product and we want to have content for our brand investors to be able to share out. And so what is your quote for this thing? And I was like, Oh, here's a big number. I was like scared that I overdid it, but I was like, we can always go down, right? Yes. I got to stop being scared of losing the thing just because of a number. And so they said, yes. And so, you know, it's been a good relationship as far as that.
0: Fantastic. So I guess the question therein is, If they're a good client, they love your work, they're paying well, you're enjoying it and it's working well, let's find more of the same variety of clients. So are they high-end in the liquor market? Are they mid-range? Are they cheap alcohol that we see people drink in brown bags in the street? Like, where are they?
1: No, I'd say mid-range.
0: Mid-range. Yeah. So that actually probably gives us a whole bunch of companies that are in a similar marketplace That we can go and speak to. Yes, definitely. Have you made a list of those companies? No, (laughs) because I I think that's probably uh, step one. Is let's identify who it is, and this actually comes back to one of the things that really helped me was a strategy called the Dream One Hundred Strategy, and it's based on a book. Uh, The guy's name was Chet Holmes, and the book is The Ultimate Sales Machine. And it's a really great idea, but you identify 100 companies that you think, I would love to work with those companies. These are my dream companies. And then you put in place a plan or a strategy to go after them. And the reason we go for the dream companies is what I've tended to find in my career is actually, if you go for the dream company, there's quite often less competition Because when people start businesses, they're told to be reasonable. Like you're just starting out, be reasonable, go for the small ones. Uh, Yeah. And that's what everyone is doing. So there's more competition sometimes for the small ones than there is the dream clients. When I started my training business, I was a little bit unreasonable And I went for all the biggest companies and I managed to land Microsoft and Pepsi. And that was who I delivered my training courses for in the early days. And I was very lucky to get them. I mean, I did the hustle, but I was also very lucky. Yeah. So I would suggest we need to identify who those dream people are and then come up with a way of getting their attention. Now, how I did this the first time was I would write them a letter in a padded envelope, you know, kind of like a jiffy bag type thing. And the letter, I would put inside a plastic dinosaur, like a toy dinosaur, and the letter would say something like, are your presentations driving your business extinct? (laughs) Do your customers ask, do you think he saw us after your presentations? Uh, And it was possibly the worst jokes in the history of mankind. And I sent this letter, and then I would ring people up afterwards and say, Hi, I'm Alan. I sent you the dinosaur. They would at least remember me. Yeah. <laughs> and some of them would go, What are you talking about? This is rubbish. We don't want to talk to you. And some of them would get the humour, and someone would like it. And it led all sorts of different places. And I remember specifically ringing up the director of learning at Johnson & Johnson, and I rung up and said, Hi, I'm Alan. I sent you the dinosaur. And she said, I've been waiting for you to call. What have (laughs) I done? Uh, And it turns out her staff called her the old dinosaur because of her antiquated methods. Oh, man. And that she was like, I need to talk to you. Come in. I don't know how you knew to send me a dinosaur, but come in. Um, (laughs) And it is incredible. If you do something that makes you stand out and Really grabs attention. Well, you know this. This is what you do on social media. You need to stand out and grab attention. It's exactly the same thing. We need to identify the clients and the people, work out who it is, and then do something to stand out and then get them on the phone and say, here's what I can do. And then we need to close them. Now, this sounds quite easy, but there's a lot to it, including having the confidence to make the calls and following through the process, doing it regularly. But that's kind of the main concept of the Dream 100 is finding those dream clients and going after them systematically. Yeah. How does it sound to you?
1: It sounds good. And also, I think one of the struggles, the other struggles with the small clients is that they might have a budget for like a one time or, or sometimes thing. And really what I want to do is I want a monthly retainer. I want to be with those clients that need constant content and want to, you know, every month, oh, here's like kind of a shot list. This is what we want. And I think those dream companies also probably have the actual budget for that.
0: Yes, they definitely have budget for it. That's what they need to do is they need to get that message out there. Absolutely. So have you tried any customers so far that haven't had the money? Have you tried anywhere that hasn't worked?
1: Yeah, I've worked with some kind of local bars and restaurants and some very small Brands, some very small, like local distillers or smaller distillers. And they might have the budget for a one time thing for a launch or for just kind of some content to stretch over a period of months, but they don't really, you can't depend on it. You know, you might do something for them and they're like, oh, it's really great. We love it. And then six months later, they're still kind of slowly posting some of those photos and they're like, oh, we don't have the money right now. So I think that's another issue with going after the people that you feel are attainable and that you feel, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm just me. I'm just this small person. And so you go after people I think you feel are in the same range. And then they are also just small, whatever. They're not going to be able for you to like base your business off as a client.
0: There's a couple of things you said there. One is, I think you're absolutely right. Some of the smaller clients. I mean, if you take my podcast, I did a photo shoot for the content at the start and we, I structured it so that we could get 25 photos in a day. We did the one photo shoot. They were edited. And then I've got enough for six months photos. And right. then I'd do it again in six months time. And yeah. You need a lot of those clients if you're going to be doing those smaller ones, which yeah. you can do. You can absolutely do that. You just need a lot more clients. And I realized right in the early days, I did an open workshop. And what that means is I sort of, put on a workshop, set the date, and then advertised it to small businesses. And I was trying to get small business owners to come along and learn networking was the subject. And I realized to fill a course of 10 people, I had to make 10 sales to earn the money for one course. And then I landed Microsoft and I sold to that customer once. And they had enough staff to fill 10 to 15 courses a year every year so i was selling yeah. once and then getting repeat business over the years that worked brilliantly for me growing my business uh, so i would suggest like let's start there and see if it's a viable marketplace for you it might not be but what's the only way to know
1: yeah i mean i i've tried the other way so let's <laughs> <laughs> let's go let's big let's go after the dream clients Um, also going back to like the creative outreach with the dinosaur, how do you feel? Because I've all, I've always felt that like the email is is very tricky because people just get constant emails. I'm like, Oh, you know, especially when you're using like a professional suite, whether it's Microsoft or Google, like it will be like, Oh, this is from, you know, out of the organization. Like, you know, I feel like you're fighting a lot of factors. So there's also phone. I, I also feel like sometimes it's hard to get a hold of people on the phone, especially if you're just calling kind of a number you found. Maybe these days it's easier because everyone's just sitting around with nothing to do. But, <laughs> the benefit of but, lockdown. Yeah. Do you feel like mail and like sending things by mail is still, you know, would you still go that route or do you have a favorite way of outreach?
0: Well, I think times are changing with COVID. Before COVID, people went to offices and they sat in offices, and you could mail them stuff at the company office and they would get it. It's slightly more difficult now because no one's really going into the offices. Although this advice might change by the end of 2020 or by the start of 2021, it's quite difficult to predict. What we need to do is get something in front of someone and make it stand out and then get them to take action and the reason i sent post in the post was because people don't get very much of that anymore. Right. And they definitely don't get dinosaurs in the post <laughs> like that. Just when was the last time you received a dinosaur through your door, Christina?
1: Um, i'm going to have to say never.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit worried for a second you had one last week,
1: but it's <laughs> doing that
0: thing that makes you stand out. Now, whether we do it by email, whether we do it by that, I do think if you're selling business to business, there is no more powerful tool than the telephone. Okay. But people still need to see something. And what tends to happen is you might send them an email and then you ring them and leave a voicemail that says, I've sent you an email about this subject because they don't often answer the phone. But you leave the voicemail and you find if you leave the voicemail, they'll reply to the email. Mm. And that's the prompt to get them to do it. Whereas they might just ignore the email. And actually, it might take you five, six, seven attempts to get through. Part of that Dream 100 campaign was setting out a series of things you would do once every two weeks or once a month that would get you in front of that client. So one example of that, I was, I was trying to get in front of Allianz Insurance, who are a giant German insurance company. I wanted to sell training to them, and I sent them a letter with a dinosaur and then left a voicemail and heard nothing. Do you think I just gave up?
1: No, I'm guessing you didn't. No, I'm
0: not. Re- <laughs> I'm not really a give up person most of the time. Yeah. So then I sent him another one with a mini flashlight, and it was like shining the spotlight on what your business is doing. And there were some other really bad jokes, like please excuse past Alan for how bad his jokes were. Then I sent him another one with a fishing rod, and I sent him another one, and it was like four <laughs> times four phone calls. And on the fourth phone call, I got through to him Uh, and said, hi, I'm Alan. I've sent you these things. And he he just said, you're persistent, aren't you? I was like, I, I felt like it was a compliment at the time. I'm not sure. But I said, yes, I am persistent. I really think I've got something that could help. And he said, you better come in and see me. So I drove to Guildford where their offices are. I went in. And as I arrived into his office he had each one of my letters individually laid out on his desk with the small toy on top of it. Uh, That's amazing. The first thing he said to me was, um, do you mind if I give these to my kids? I'm like, of course (laughs) not. Give them to your kids. And we had an amazing conversation and I landed the first course with them. Uh, And it turned out to be a great client for about two or three years. But it was the persistence because you're going to get ignored time and time again. And Simon and I like to have this saying that people are lazy and busy. And if you're pestering them for something, then like they're busy. They have got other stuff going on. We're bottom of their priority list when we're ringing, but we're actually ringing with something that could help them. And if we stay persistent and focused and it's the positive persistency. So I never did that thing of, why didn't you return my... Cool. Why didn't you do this and get angry with them? Like that's the last thing we got to do. It's the persistent positivity. Do you think that's something you could do? Like, how comfortable would you be getting on the phone and calling random strangers?
1: I think I'm fairly comfortable with that. And I, the <laughs> one thing I struggled with is I struggled with the persistency part previously because I I felt like I was being a pain, you know. But I guess you could not be persistent and be ignored and not hired, or you could be a pain and be ignored and not hired. So what's, you're not hired either way. So you, I guess be persistent. (laughs) Why, what's the, you know, what's the risk, I guess. And I really learned that lesson this year, actually, because I landed a job by just constantly following up and they're like, oh, we're really busy. We're really impressed that you like just kept on us and kept on us until... I love that. Tell me what happened. What happened? It's actually, uh, it's like a, it's a day job, but I had met them. I wanted to learn about this area. Um, It's property management, but I wanted to learn about it because I want to invest down the line. And I was like, well, I don't want to buy a place and then not know anything about being a landlord. So I was like, well, maybe if I work part time in this field, I'll learn a lot. And so I went to their seminars when you were still able to have in-person things. And I just kept going and introduced myself and sent a resume and kept emailing back every two weeks until they're like, oh, okay, we have a moment, like come into the office and meet. And so, you know, then they, they hired me and it worked out well and I still work for them.
0: I love that. I love that. And that's exactly right. And what you've done there is persistency in a positive way, because you can do persistency in a painful way. Like, kids have not learned how to do persistency well. They actually do it very effectively, but not in a nice way. Because if they want an ice cream, what do they do? Yeah. It's like, give me an ice cream, give me an ice cream, give me an ice cream, give me an ice cream. <laughs> they do not let up. Yeah, and then they whine, and then they throw a tantrum. Then they, like, lie on the middle of the floor, waving their arms around. If you do that, you'll probably get a couple of clients, but they won't enjoy working with you. Yeah. But I always felt that my sending the dinosaur actually made people laugh. And I was persistent. And I was always positive, And they actually like they at least got something out of my calls, they would remember there was a little bit of value, there was an idea. And I think there's a way for you to really do that. So I guess here's the question. Let's say we've identified the dream 100 beverage manufacturers that you want to work with. What are we going to do to make you stand out the first time we contact them?
1: So I'm thinking if I do kind of an email followed up by a call, is kind of my approach. I'm thinking the way that I can maybe do some sort of attention grabbing. And I think because, you know, I'm doing imagery, I'm doing content. I want it to be in that, you know, I want off the bat for them to see something that looks great. So maybe it's, photographing like in your case maybe I do a really nice little like setup of a fake bar or something with like a dinosaur but you know (laughs) or like something like doing a content shoot that is a little tongue-in-cheek or a little maybe there's some comedy to it something interesting eye-catching or funny or I'm also thinking I could do a video maybe like a small embedded video that's the first thing you see that's short and to the point so I don't know. I'm thinking something in that might be kind of attention grabbing and also relate to what I'm trying to sell them.
0: I love that. I think that's brilliant. So the current client that you work with, that you love working with, what's the biggest problem you fix for them? What's the biggest
1: thing? What do you think the value is they get out of you? Just having quality content on their their social media and not having to rely, because a lot of these companies previously are relying on just their brand reps to post or to have images but they're not really photographers so it's it's very inconsistent so i guess it's consistency in in image so there's
0: some different things you could do if you could find three inconsistent pictures of their brand and send it to them and say here's what i've spotted you've got this person posting this this person posting this and this person posting this I really think if we lined it up and did proper posting, we could do this and give them some ideas. I think that would be fantastic. As you were speaking, I actually imagined uh, the head of marketing sat at his desk, scratching his head, going, how am I going to make sure I get content for next month? Or what am I going to put out on social? And maybe there's a photo of someone going, are you working out what to put out on social or what to do? Someone like scratching their head or they're confused or something like that. I mean, there's so many ways you could do it. Maybe we could do a dinosaur with is your content strategy from the Jurassic age and there's a dinosaur <laughs> sipping a cocktail or something. Um, we could have some fun with that. Oh,
1: my God. I need to get one of those T-Rex suits. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we'll put you in the I'll T-Rex suit. I'll just do a
1: photo suit. shoot with a martini. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah,
0: but it's doing something that catches their attention and then ringing them. And... The one thing I would say that I have noticed is that people get all excited about sending these things. They send them and they never do the follow up call. And none of this will work unless you do the follow up call. Right. Business to business, the phone call is what makes it happen. So we can get excited, send the creative, and then like ring them one to two days later. And especially if it's email, maybe you send it in the morning, ring them the day afterwards and say, like, you remember the picture of the T-Rex with the martini in its hand? Imagine if we could (laughs) create stuff like that for you. They will remember that image and they will know you. And even if you just leave the voicemail, it will make them go back to the email and have another look. And then we'll do the same again the next month and the same again the next month. And after a while, they go, okay, this Christina, she's creative, she's persistent, (laughs) she keeps going. Like They will probably at least talk to you once. And there's no guarantee of winning business, but that's how we get and open the doors. And that's how we start to get there.
1: Yeah, I like that. I've never done the follow-up call, to be honest. So (laughs) there we go. Could be a game changer. (laughs) Just pick up a phone. Just pick up the
0: phone, make the call. (laughs) So is there anything that would stop you from doing that?
1: I think maybe not knowing who I'm supposed to be reaching out to in the first place. But I think through this, it's become pretty clear to me that it needs to be like the head of marketing or marketing department, you yeah. know, for because each company has one. So. Yes.
0: And we can definitely try the head of marketing. We can try the marketing department. Maybe they've got a social media manager that is part of that. Maybe it falls under marketing. Uh, that's probably the area. The second bit is the PR company that works for them. Sometimes the big companies just get the PR agency to do the whole thing and they'll do the creative, they'll do the whole thing. Um, But if you go straight to the marketing person, there's no reason why you couldn't short-circuit that process and they could work with you. And even if they don't do that, they'll tell you, oh, no, you need to speak to the PR company and they'll send you the right direction. So I think you haven't got much to lose going for the marketing people.
1: Yeah, I know when we did – when I worked for a company that hired – Content creators, they were hired via the PR company, but the PR company didn't do it themselves. They had a comp- another company they hired for that, so definitely like that trickle down of who do I talk to? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Simon and I used to call this well, when we do it, we call it the CEO bump down method, and we would okay. email the CEO of the organization, knowing that they're not the right person, but they would bump us down to the right person. And when we got bumped down, the email quite often said, oh, this looks interesting, Jeff, you should speak to these people. And if the CEO tells you to speak to them, then we had a really warm in and we just ring and say, oh, the CEO thinks it's a good idea. Hi, let's chat. And it was a lot easier. So I think it it works quite well. If you can get the person who makes the decision to recommend you to the PR agency, they kind of have to work with you and use you and then you can make friends.
1: Yeah, sounds good. I like that.
0: Cool. So let's turn this into a plan because uh, yes. I like plans. What are the steps? As what do we do I. need to do? I love <laughs> okay, it. I love so... that you've reached for a pen and paper. This makes me yeah. so happy. I constantly repeat to my business partner, Simon, never trust people who don't write things down.
1: <laughs> no, I, write, I have to write everything down. Otherwise, I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should see the wall behind the, the laptop. It's just post-its and There's the proposed and in the works and waiting on payment and because otherwise I'd have no idea.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Right. What's the plan? What are we going to test? And will you let us know if it works or not?
1: Yes, of course. I'll let you know. Awesome. Keep you in the loop. Definitely. (laughs) Uh,
0: So what should we do? What should we start with 25 companies and do a mini experiment, do a test?
1: Yeah, that sounds good. So a list of 25 companies that are kind of in that Mid-range, similar to, to the ones I've worked with, because I also have good samples I can send as well. Perfect. For them. Perfect. Yeah, list of 25 companies.
0: And their marketing managers, which is probably a LinkedIn search. Uh, yeah. And then a little tip on that, most people's email addresses are something along the lines of at company.com. And yeah, if we can find one person's email address at the company, we can decode all of the email addresses at the company. Um, yeah, so that's our sneaky way of doing it a pop-up is we'll send first name dot surname initial dot surname, and I might send five or six email addresses and see which ones don't bounce.
1: Um, <laughs> I love that.:
0: Cool, so we've got the company, the person, and the email. What's the next step?:
1: um, come up with some sort of email content that catches attention, whether it's a video or a photo. I'm I think I'm leaning towards photos. I'm not sure if it's like something if I want to do something that's kind of comedic and maybe gets a little laugh or that points out something specific to them, like maybe an inefficiency or a need. So I'm not sure which way I want to go. And I guess it could vary from company to company.
0: It absolutely could. And also this is a long game we're playing here. So we'll send one this month and we'll send one next month and we'll send one the month after. So there's no reason why we can't try all of these ideas over a period of time.
1: Okay. So maybe, um, should I just start with one and do it? Yeah. You know.
0: Okay. Create an idea. I love the question tone in your voice. Should I start with (laughs) (laughs) one?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess I think, I think, you know, it's, and this is the thing with, the whole like find your niche is you're like but I could do everything you know but it's like no okay I'll just do one thing
0: (laughs) you could do everything just not all at once uh we could do one thing at once and that's definitely what I've had to learn and I'm still not that good at it because I try and do three big projects at once but yeah one thing at once let's just go for that one and I think the compounding power of this is that you become famous in your niche yeah So once these companies start talking about you and your impact and all of that sort of stuff, that's when you become famous in the niche. And it's very difficult to become famous if you do a little bit of work over here and a little bit of work over there. And it's very difficult to become famous in your niche and create that trusted brand that you can do this for people. Whereas if you concertedly have that effort on those mid-range companies, that's where you target and that's where you deliver brilliant results. And that's how you get famous in a niche.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we've created an idea. And I think I want to lean towards, you know, even maybe a little like set of three photos that are kind of, I want there to be some comedy to it. I feel especially we're in like a really, like right now, specifically in the middle of 2020, things are heavy. So maybe if I can get a little chuckle or a light moment out of something, that might be nice.
0: I love that. I love that. There's got to be some COVID humor about how to do alcohol during lockdown. There's got to be some kind of lockdown humor we can do.
1: Yeah, I think there's got to be, I'm going to brainstorm, but I think I want to do something that's kind of attention grabbing and had like a little like laugh to it. Yes. And then also write something to go with the image. So I'm thinking, I mean, people probably don't want to be weighted down by long emails. So like a paragraph.
0: Yeah, as short as possible as short as possible. And it'll be literally like, here's the problem I fix. The main problem is having high quality, well-branded content to put across your channels to keep your customers excited about your product. That's the problem I fix. I make it easy for you to put your stuff out, increase your sales, and get more reach on your social media posts. I'll give you a call in the next two days to discuss how I could help. And what's interesting is when you ring them, they sometimes, you leave a voicemail and they reply by email, but the voicemail is what prompts the reply.
1: Okay. So do that. And then I will send the email to the email address or addresses. And then I will set myself a reminder to call next day or two days.
0: Yeah. Do it the next day. I think if it was post, I'd leave it two or three days because you never know when it would arrive, but email, it arrives instantly. And you've got a shorter window of st- attention span with email because they will go through their emails each day and delete them. So they won't remember it in three days and they might have deleted it. Whereas if you ring them straight away, they'll be like, oh yeah, I got that this morning. That was interesting. <laughs> Whereas if it's yeah. three days later, they're going, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'd ring them fairly quickly afterwards. That makes sense.
1: Okay. All right. And then I guess repeat the cycle like every two weeks, basically.
0: Yeah. Let's repeat the cycle every two weeks and then let's see where we get to with them.
1: Okay. And then when you do this, like, how do you find an effective way to track this? Do you kind of keep a spreadsheet or I like to be organized, like I could just fly by the seat of my pants and like log into my email and see when I last sent one. But I know that that won't work for me. So <laughs> do you do set like a Google Calendar reminder or a spreadsheet or what What have you found to be kind of an effective way to keep yourself on this.
0: For me, I like to know when I'm doing it and how I'm doing it. And I put it in the calendar and I schedule the time and I know what I'm doing and, you know, I'll do my creative that day and then I'll send it out the next day. And absolutely having a list of the names Mm -hmm. where you can put next to them, left voicemail on this date, you know, sent email, sent voicemail, sent email, sent voicemail. And then, you know, from your own side when you've been ringing them what you've been doing and, you know, uh, you can track that through. But I think that's a really important element. And then we'll also get to know by the end of it, you've approached 25 companies and you got ignored 25 times the first time. The second time, three replied. The third time, one replied. The fourth time, five replied. And then we sort of get to know what the level of effort and marketing you have to do is to find customers. And that's when you really start to understand your business. But absolutely, I would track it with a spreadsheet or I'm a bit of a geek. I use Microsoft OneNote and list stuff out in there. Um, Use (laughs) whatever tool you want, Evernote, an Excel spreadsheet, a Google sheet. Uh, It doesn't really matter. It's just... Yeah. I love that. Let's get geeky, Christina, and let's track it.
1: I love it. Okay. I think that's a pretty solid plan then.
0: I think it's a really good plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's set a date, you and I, okay. and let's Skype in how long do you want to do it? Like two weeks?
1: Yeah. Two weeks to have the first round out.
0: Yeah. First round out, and then we can follow up and you can tell me how the calls went and what happened and all of that stuff. How does that sound? That sounds great. Awesome. Christina, go get them, have fun (laughs) and put your energy and humor into your marketing because that's what's going to make you stand out.
1: Awesome. Thank you. I will.
0: So that is the first ever episode of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. It's going to be coming out every Thursday for you. So you can tune in next Thursday for the next episode and see what happened with those Christina emails, see where she got to, you can hear the next conversation and what has happened. But what I really want you to take away from this episode is the items, the information that you can apply to your business. So number one, sales is a process. This is not something you do once and sales is done. Something that you do every single day to grow your business. Sales is a process. Step one, identify who you're going to market to. Make a list. Step two, Start to do something that grabs their attention so you stand out and get in front of them and get your message in front of them. And then step three, you start to ask for the sale and systematically work to win those clients. That's what it's all about. The second thing I'd love for you to take from this is sales is a numbers game. And if you're messaging five people one week and then doing nothing for the next two months, Well, you're not really going to get anywhere. And you have to put that numbers into it, the energy, reach out to people and make this happen. The third thing I'd love you to take from this is sales is a set of daily activities. And did you hear me closing Christina to an action plan? Because this stuff doesn't happen on its own. You don't just wake up, decide I'm going to grow a business, and then it appears you have to do the activity every single day to grow your business. You have to put the marketing messages out there. You have to do the sales work. Growing a business is is work. You, know, you don't leave a job to grow a business and expect to do nothing. And I think the dream of things like the four-hour work week where you build a business and you only have to work four hours a week, that's great. But that doesn't happen at day one. You've got to build the business first. And that takes time, energy, effort, and daily work to get there. You've got to put in that work. So that's what I'd love you to take from this episode. It's also quite interesting uh, listening back to this episode in January 2021, how hopeful I was that the pandemic would end quickly and be back to normal life. And actually, I'm still that way. I am hopeful. But I'll tell you what, no matter where you are right now with your business, you cannot wait for outside influences to change. You need to take control you need to make it happen. And it doesn't matter what is going on with the world. We need to find a way to create our own space within it, to create our own business, our own income, whatever's going on out there. So thank you for listening to the first one of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. If you'd enjoyed this, please send me a message, leave me a review, tell me what you think, because your messages inspire me to keep creating content to support you. Thank you for listening. Go out there, build your business, make money, have fun, and do good. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a Rebel Entrepreneur.